Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business podcast, where we talk to interesting people about life and business. We cover their backgrounds, obstacles they've encountered, and find out what drives them. Along the way, our guests share nuggets you can use to drive your success. Reach me directly, D-A-M-O-N at ExitYourWay.us, or check out our website, ExitYourWay.us, for more information. I hope you enjoy our show. All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pasalka, and with me today, I've got Dr. Donna Marino. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited because uh, we were introduced a while ago and, and, and talked a couple times and man, the work that you do is so relevant, A, to what I do, uh, helping business owners grow valuable businesses. And then, and then when we help business owners at the end of their career or to move into another career at that transition point, of exiting their business, it's an it's another big change for them. So, you're an executive coach working with executives between roles in new roles or planning for retirement. So, it's really cool to be able to talk with you today about this. Thank you. I'm excited to chat too. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's start let's start back let's start back a ways. I always like to do that. So kind of give me a, a bit about your background so people listening can understand it. And and also people, if you're listening on LinkedIn, just let us know where you're listening from. And also if you have any questions throughout the throughout the conversations too, drop them in the comments and we will go ahead and get those answers on on air as well. So Donna, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, absolutely. My background is different than a lot of executive coaches because I do have a doctorate in clinical psychology and I started on a pretty traditional route. I was a child and family therapist and worked with kids in foster care and kids who had trauma. And over time, I realized that was not something that was sustainable, that kind of work that was was so heavy. And I really... Uh, made a switch into positive psychology, which instead of studying pathology and disease and what's wrong, we study the most successful people in the world and the people are thriving and say, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So instead yeah. of looking for a treatment model, we're saying, hey, how can we replicate what these people are doing and the success they're seeing? And I just loved that part of the field and loved yeah. working with people who were already high achieving and making them better, helping them overcome the obstacles they face um, when they are high achieving, you know, the working too much, working long hours, your identity and your work become the same thing, all those things. But in the meanwhile, they're, they're, putting out such great stuff in the world that you want them to be able to continue to do that, but it, in a healthy way. And yeah. that's how I got into the executive coaching. And then I really loved this transition piece where people are at a crossroads and they're facing that uncertainty, which we know high achievers don't like. They like yeah. to be control of things yeah. um, and, and helping them manage that process 
And as a psychologist, I found that I could bring insights and awarenesses to the table that my clients were just blown away by. They were like, you can just sum it up like that and make those connections. And uh, we were able to make progress really quickly and in a, in a very different way than other executive coaches work, which has just been so much fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, as we're talking about thriving while making a challenging career transition, I, I don't getting through it is one thing. Thriving through it is a completely different thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, some of the things that I, I teach my clients are while you're in the transition, you have to make time for all the things that you love and are passionate about and high achievers tend to be really bad at that. <laughs> we tend to really over-focus on, on our careers and our accomplishments. And when you're in this transition phase, you have to start learning about other things that fuel you, right? If you're in between roles mm -hmm. and that job isn't there to fill your bucket and build your confidence and make you feel productive and worthwhile, you better start filling in those spaces with other things and that yeah. will also serve you later in life when you come to retirement like we've talked about because retirement is really hard for executives and successful business owners a lot of them will say i, I don't want to retire or um they actually get just so anxious about it they have this push pull where they'll they'll start to feel like they want to slow down but these are people who don't don't like to sit still. They don't like stillness. They like having things to do. And without that sense of accomplishment and productivity, um, they can lose their confidence. They can lose their sense of self. And so if they if they learn the other things that fill their bucket, like in that state of between roles, then they'll have things to fall back on too when they're facing retirement. So yeah. kind of a win-win at both stages. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So let's just talk about the two things separately, because, you know, you're talking about when we talked before, you're helping executives in, in not huge companies, but larger companies that, that are making these transitions from one role to another role. Um, what do you see as the biggest challenge or common challenges across those kind of transitions? You know, I, and and then what are some of the good things that you see out of that? Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So the challenge is these people are, are really successful people. I've, you know, I've worked with everything from, you know, people that are in companies with only 80 employees to, you know, people who are presidents at fortune 500 companies and so when they're in transition in between roles, the search can be longer because there aren't as many executive roles out there. Mm -hmm. um, they also command higher fees and companies don't, you know, companies want the experience of that executive person, but they don't always want to pay the price tag yeah. comes for that experience. And so it can take them longer to find a role. And then you see their confidence start to slip. You start to see things like imposter syndrome and okay. 
Yeah, for people who may not know what that is, imposter yeah. syndrome is when you start to doubt how you got to where you are. So you think, oh boy, I was just in the right place at the right time. I was just really lucky. That person just really liked me, but maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. You start to really make excuses for your success and to doubt your abilities. And the longer you're between roles, the more that can increase. And that's where I can come in and really um, put the wind back in your sails, right? I've yeah, yeah. The the client I had that was from this uh, president in a in a Fortune 500 company, um, you know, she was really getting down on herself. And one of the things I'll have my clients do who are who are struggling with that imposter syndrome is I'll have them make a list of their accomplishments, but I'll make them go back as far as they can remember. So, you know, they're writing stuff from third grade. (laughs) You know, when you start looking at those decades of accomplishments, it's and it's in black and white in front of you because we like black and white. It's a lot harder to tell yourself that you you didn't earn that you didn't you're not really successful. Um, that's and- a great tip. I mean, let's just stop there for a second. That is a great tip. Well, because I I I'm not not shy about it. I I've had imposter syndrome many times in my life, and that's a great way to overcome it. Because and honestly, that's how I that's how I help to battle it. If it hits me again, it's you know you've gotten this far by doing the things that you've done, and you know it, it will continue on as long as you're making the adjustments and moving the way you need to. But that's a great idea to go back that far because most times, and this is this is what. I think happens with a lot of people as you've been in your career more than six months or, or 20 years in some cases, it, uh, you forget, you forget what you really did. And then you go back through that's got to be a really lifting exercise to be able to go back through that and, and, uh, and just talk to people or just, just yeah. go with, over that list and talk over it with you. Oh yeah. And I love that you brought that up that you forget part. I, I can tell you there was a time I'm talking with my mom and she said, oh, well, you wrote a book because my daughter had just published her her first book of poetry. And I was like, no, I didn't. And she's like, Donna. And I was like, oh, yeah, it was a short ebook, but I did write it. I put it yeah. on. You know, there are times I forget. I'm like, oh, I did a TED talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these big things. And yeah. The reason why I'm going to tell you the reason why that happens for high achievers is because we are always so focused on the next goal. Yeah. So one of the things I do with my clients is teach them to slow down and savor all those wins because what the high achiever does is they work towards that goal. They could work towards that goal for six months. They achieve it and they're like, that was great. What's next? Yes. <laughs> yeah, right here. That's <laughs> and it's and it's right. It's it's natural because those those people are driven to do that, and it's and the and a, a lot of high achievers are innately driven to do that. They don't even know how how or why it happens. It just happens. Yeah, I always joke that you you come out of the womb that way. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> That's the way I feel it happened. My mom can tell you stories in elementary school of just like 
coming home from school and being like, mom, I need this, 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 this for this project. And she's, she always says she finally learned to ask, when is it? And I'd be like in two weeks, right? Yes. <laughs> but it's that, that drive for a lot of us. It's, it starts really young. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you talked about too, in these role transitions from one opportunity to the other, the one thing that, that I know is as I was in transition in the past is that, you have no control over it whatsoever. You're just at that. You're at the whim of did, did that resume catch somebody's eye enough to be able to do it? Or did I talk to the right person? So they're actually want to talk to us, you know, if you're trying to network your way into something uh, and it just that lack of control for a high achiever has to be very tough across the board. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We like, uh, yeah, we like to be in control of things. That's why we like to lead, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we like to have, we like responsibility. We like control. And it's one of the things that working hard has reinforced, right? If I work hard, I can expect this result. And so that's one of the reasons we're so resistant to uncertainty is giving up that control. And for high achievers, when they give up control, it causes a lot of anxiety, and so that process, like you said, where, you know, it depends on what roles are available. It depends on what recruiters like you, all of that, the, the word of mouth, uh, it not having that control feels really anxiety provoking. Yes. Yes. No doubt. No doubt. And so as you, as you've been over the last last year or so, are you seeing that the transitions are getting harder or they're getting easier for people to make? Mm -hmm. um, the transitions between roles for people who are looking, I'm seeing it last longer. So okay. I, have, um, I have an amazing COO who has been between roles for two years now. Yeah. And a lot of them, it's a year, it's two years. And there's right now, there's a large pool of amazing talent. I mean, really great people, but there's not as many jobs. And, you know, I, I hate to say it, it's a dirty word, right? But ageism, I'm seeing yeah. the clients who have had, you know, they have decades of, of brilliant experience. Yeah. It's they've one of my clients, you know, grew a company by over 900% in the time he was there. Yeah. Like huge goals, huge accomplishments and and they're not landing yet. And yeah. it's it's multiple reasons, but that does seem to be a factor and they know they've got, you know, one or two more roles <laughs> left in yes. they're not ready yes. to, to hang it, to hang it up but it's, it's taking them longer. Well, and I, I think that, and, and I'll just go on my soapbox for a minute, because mm -hmm. I, I think age discrimination is one of the last discriminations that people don't, it's, it's untouched. It's untouched because there's too many ways around it. Um, and, and I know there's lots of other discrimination. Don't get me wrong. I know that. And I, and, and I hope that we're taking care of all of it at once or not all of it over time and and doing it but i do see that and and you know there's there's a definite point in your career when you're just not quite as able 
quite it's not quite as easy to find those positions even though if you've got the skill you've got the right everything the right experience uh to do it um and it can be money it can honestly be money they look at that and somebody that's 10 years younger they would pay less maybe uh and uh and then on the other hand too though i've I, in the last year i've heard some really nice stories about people that that land are, are a little bit older and land a position because the company is is forward thinking enough to go yeah. that well this is a gem i've got this person here i've talked to them i know i see this in their eyes they see the 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 sparkle the fire and everything like that and they know that there's there's two three roles left in these people that they they in their career they really want to contribute and and they're willing to teach and mentor and really help the overall organization with that part of it, not just their role contribution that they'll do. Yeah. Uh, and I've heard some very nice stories about that over the last year yeah. that I've, I've really enjoyed too. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's something. And I, 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 yeah, I don't like to talk about a lot, but I, but I think if companies really do embrace what they can get from that is, is, uh, is very powerful for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, the experience that that these men and women bring to the table is really phenomenal. And as you said, I, I think it does come down to money because companies want that level of experience, but don't always want to pay what that level of experience requires. And so they can get somebody younger to do the job for less, yeah. but, not, not, but not better, <laughs> not yes. better. And so yes. it is the forward thinking companies that that do realize, wow, uh, I can't believe this person's even available. And and gosh, the I have to say the executives I work with are such givers too. When you talk about leadership and mentorship, yes. um, I feel blessed to work with them because I learn from them too. And, yes. and they're just such such giving people. Well, and it and and I that I I personally think that changes as you age a little bit because you're you're still trying to learn it at a certain point in your life, and then you get to a certain tipping point to where you go, I want to, I just want to help other people be successful, and and leaders are no, I shouldn't say le yeah leaders and people that are at that point in their life are really ready to give uh, because they understand the the law of abundance they understand that there's plenty for everyone if we all were you know you know we all can rise together and there's a lot of other things that they can contribute mm -hmm. especially in situations where there's there's tough situations or or when someone does need that mentorship or really the to help to get that next step in their career that that the person with the experience can often help them get there even outside of their department or or, or anything they just because they want to help people yeah and i find that that giving attitude does serve people well when they're planning for retirement so a yeah. client of mine who came to me with a lot of retirement anxiety a lot and uh he you know he owns a, a family-run business is mm -hmm. very very successful um and part of it part of what we talked about because right it's that piece of filling your time and still feeling productive and filling your bucket mm -hmm. that giving piece is huge because you can give back in board positions in volunteering 
uh, in teaching, right? In yeah. teaching business, there's there are so many people that can benefit from that wealth of experience, and it's a great way to to fill some of those retirement hours. Yeah, yeah, because that that's one of the things, and we'll we'll switch into retirement now for a little bit because I think this is. Um, this is something that I, I see in our work that it is, as, as we just talked about, hard driving, uh, high achievers, they're thinking about the next project. But when, when we are talking with business owners and, and looking at succession or them selling their businesses and, and what's next, I find that there's very little thought put into that at the point. Now, what, what do you find when people come to you talking about retirement? Yeah, I I find them being really anxious because they don't know, like they've decided to do it. They don't always even know why they've decided to do it, but they don't really have a plan. They've planned the financial piece often uh-huh. and they're going to be okay financially, but they they really have trouble stepping away, especially if it's their business. Yeah, that act of stepping away again, it's that push pull we talked about. There's this desire to slow down. But again, the control, there's this fear of I'm going to step away and everything I built is going to come crashing down. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that lack of of kind of trust and that need to control and their identity. You know, this one client who who built this company and, and has basically dedicated his whole life to it. Yeah. Working, you know, 80 hour weeks and sometimes seven days a week and just building it into this amazing business it is, but really his whole life has been that business and now he's going to step away. And what does that look like? And then who are you, right? Who are mm-hmm. you without that business without that role? Do you know, uh, you know, the, one of the things that I love in working with him, because he, he's doing fantastic now and we're getting other people involved in helping his retirement plan and and how the business is going to transition and building those relationships. Um, but he told me, you know, since we started working together, my wife likes me a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I, well, it's stress. Stress is, is felt by everyone around you. There's no doubt about it. Stress is felt by everyone around you. And and that's, you're probably helping him deal with it. Come And it's not really even dealing. It's coming to an understanding of why they feel this way. And then they can begin to solve why they feel this way. Yeah. He understands himself so much better. He's so much calmer and relaxed. And, um, you know, he, he's, has strategies now, right? Mm-hmm. That strategies now that he knows, okay, when I'm feeling this way, I do this. And then, you know, where, like I said, we're going to start working with more of the team to help with this transition, but it's some of it's, you know, emotional intelligence and leadership. Some of it's, you know, that self-awareness and insight to yourself and some of it's the strategies, but mm-hmm. You know, and the transformation actually happened much faster than I expected. I was like, well, I didn't, you know, and that's the thing. If you, that's just another reason I love working with high achievers is they do what you tell them to do. They want to succeed. So, you know, I'm a coach who gives homework. I'm like, all right, what you're going to do. 
And the more engaged you are in the process, the more you do what you need to do, the quicker the result you get. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, in half the time I expected. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I've I've been around a few uh, high level professional athletes. And, and, you know, I, I look at professional athletes and I've, I've seen them all the way from high school, college, you know, even grade school, high school, college kind of thing, all the way into, into the professional leagues. And when you look at it, those people are not the, always the most athletic. They're not the most, um, and certainly not the most talented, not necessarily even the most on an IQ scale, the most intelligent but they are they work very hard at what they do and when a coach tells them that you need to do like this they do it like that mm-hmm. it's not and, and they can get their body that's the thing i think with athletics is they can get their body to do that at a much finer level than most people that's yeah i believe that's the athletic talent and then and then as you you know you study about people well in your city michael jordan you know you listen to you know how many shots you have to take to be really good in the game you know you take like you know, 4 million for one or whatever it is uh, to be, to be that good in a game. And most people aren't willing to put in that time of that kind of training and effort, but, and, and then that training and effort has to be better and better and better. And that's where that coaching comes in. Like you're saying, as those higher achievers that you work with, they listen because they know that's the only way to get to that next level is to change. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it is. It is. And it just magnifies their results. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So now what is this? Let's talk about people retiring. So what is the, what is the one thing that you got that you go, people just have no idea that this, you know, about retirement, that's going to be like, like, no, you're not ready for that. Or, or you, you really haven't thought about that enough. Yeah. Yeah, I think we, um, you know, we have this over glamorized view of retirement. People always say, oh, when I retire and when someone tells you they're retiring, you're like, oh, I'm so jealous. Um, But for high achieving people, it's like sometimes pulls the rug out from under them and they need a plan. They they think, uh, you know, well, I'm going to go golfing and I'm going to. go fishing and I'm going to, but you know, there's only so much, so much golfing and fishing you can do. Uh, no offense yeah. to the golfers and fishers, but yeah. you know, the weather's not always going to be, <laughs> be right. All, all kinds of things. And, yes. um, and you're talking about people who, who like to be busy. And so uh, after the first few months, they can be really bored and uncomfortable and, um, you know, uh, I, I heard a story of one person who retired who didn't really plan for it. And uh, he this wasn't my client, but another coach's client. And he was like sleeping till like one, two o'clock just because he didn't know what to do with himself. And it passed more of the day. Yeah. And, and that's sad. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. lived and enjoyed yes and you have to be realistic with yourself if you right how many high achievers don't take vacation especially when it's their own business yeah it is delivering a talk to a group of executives and 
oh my gosh, they were all like, oh, I haven't had a vacation in five years or this, or I'll, I'll just take four days. I'll take a long weekend. Yeah. Now one, you know, you know this, if you're going to sell your company, nobody's going to buy your company if you have to be present all the time. Yep. Because that's your company then. And it's, it's completely tied to you. And if you can't step away and it can still run, then why should they buy your company? Exactly. Right. And then the other thing is when you say, no, you're not ready for this. Yeah. If you're not even taking vacation now, you're talking about like permanent vacation. Yes. <laughs> so you're not ready. Try taking a vacation <laughs> first. Yeah. Start with baby steps. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that's a good point because, you know, a lot of people are like that and high achievers almost wear it like a badge of honor sometimes, which is a not not healthy, too. But um, it is something that I think as as people, uh, as far as retirement goes, I mean, you really need to. You know, myself and I'm not 25 and I look at it and I think about what my retirement will look like. And, and I think a lot about it. I think about what, what it will look like. And I, I, some of the things that you said, mentoring, board positions. Y yeah, I can't fill my day with golf and everything else like that. I can't fill my day traveling, uh, you know, because that even, even I, I can't tell you, 365 days of traveling around the world and I would probably want to kill somebody. And, <laughs> and it's, it's just because there are, there are things that are, you know, yes, there's beautiful things and you could see those until, you know, from, from birth to death, you could see the beautiful things, but there's so much more. I think that uh, when I look at what, what retirement is and just for me, just like conceptually thinking about it, um, I don't see how people don't do it if you don't start thinking about it you know, 10, 15 years beforehand and just kind of see what your transition looks like and, and, uh, start working towards it. Yeah. Well, and in the case of owning your own business, especially a family business, talking to the other people, yeah. involved, right. Yeah. I'm shocked yeah. sometimes when I'm like, did you, did you talk to your kids about that who are taking the business or, you know, whoever it is who's taking on the business and they're like, no, Oh, you, that's a good idea. Right. And that, yeah. that level of communication of what do we all think the transition looks like and how much time it'll take. And even, you know, what's my role after I retire and am, mm -hmm. am I still consulting with the family? Am I out complete? Are you, you know, yeah. and sometimes, Sometimes family members want, you know, want the whole thing. Sometimes they think, well, this person's still going to do X, Y, and Z. I don't have mm -hmm. to do that. And they're like, no, I'm, I'm actually retiring. So having all those conversations is, is really important because we, we make assumptions about, about what it looks like or what other people think about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that a hundred percent there because I mean, we, we've even gone in situations where there's a family succession going on and, and the owner thinks that their children are going to take over the business and they want nothing to do with it and they have not discussed it yet. Right. So, so, uh, and they're sizable, I mean, sizable businesses and it's, it's, the, it's the kind of thing that, yeah, you got to be that and, and not just you. And it's funny that it's, it's not funny, but it's, it's interesting I'll use the right word that yeah. you say the same thing. And I have some, some uh, 
wealth managers that talk about that a lot about even even after the sale and you know when you talk about multi-generational wealth that the communication about about wealth and how to do it and and or how to manage it or or intentions for their legacy and things like that that just do not get spoken about until it's far too too far down the road and and or 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 at, until it's a forced thing mm -hmm. so I don't, I don't doubt that a lot. And I think that that in and of itself, speaking to your family, speaking to, and even whether you're selling or succeeding, really, it's, it's, it's the same because if you just walked home one day and, and said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to retire and nobody else is ready for it in your family, that might, that might come as a shock as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it, it is interesting. You should definitely be talking to your spouse if you're married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, about it because the two of you may have different ideas of, you know, one may think we're we're going to spend every minute together. The other may think like that is suffocating. Um, you know, sometimes the the partner that's been staying home, right? Maybe they maybe they haven't worked. Maybe they've stayed home. Yep. Now you're around all the time, and they're like, "I need my space." Oh yeah. There's all all these moving parts to it. And if you don't have those discussions, you can be disappointed, you can be angry, miscommunication. Uh, and so it's it's important to know what that what that looks like. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I bet I I've got to imagine that as people come from into retirement, that just the the amount of time that they have to fill is, is a little bit of daunting once they really realize it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just that, and not that there's any more day, hours in a day or anything like that, but, but you, when you, when you think about how much work affects in, in high achievers, how much it affects when I get up, where I go, when I get up, how I dress, what I do. Mm -hmm. And then, and you go, okay, I dress this way. Well, that means I have to go get those clothes someplace. So I have to take the time to do that. I have to traveling, all these other things that are associated with it, that, that really dictate your life. When those things are not there anymore, you, you probably have to work a lot A at structure, adding structure back in. Yeah. And, and then B uh, a positive structure and, and positive influences. Cause you know, you could, yeah. it, it could be one of those things where, where, and I'll just use an example. One drink could lead into five drinks a day. And pretty soon, you know, we don't drink anymore. <laughs> and that's not, that's not good either. Yeah. So. yeah. No. And that, that does happen. And the word structure was key there because high achievers do thrive on structure. They like knowing they have to wake up and be here and when their meetings are and they mm -hmm. like schedules and we like to put things in boxes, right? We like that kind of level of organization and and where to be. And, and we like people depending on us, right? No, knowing that we're valuable. And so you take all that away and um, a lot of people can have anxiety with downtime. Oh, I mean, yeah. I find a lot of high achievers do that they'll on the weekends have anxiety or restlessness they're uncomfortable like in their own skin some of them can't even watch movies right because it's sitting mm -hmm. still too long and you know you use the word badge earlier i think 
you know, busy has become a badge now and everyone's so busy, so busy. So you take that badge off and then what? So like you said, building, building a structure into your day, what does that look like? You know, you wake up, maybe you exercise, you, Mm -hmm. you know, you do this, you do that. What, what kinds of things can you do during the week that are going to feel fulfilling to you. And that's where I really do think that volunteering and oh, yeah. um, are, are really key, I think, to a successful retirement. A hundred percent. It's, it's just, it's just, there are so many people that you can help at that point in your life. Uh, and just with, with an ear, with a couple words, with some, some time, um, you know, whatever there's so much so so much value there for both for both parties in that yeah Um, and i i do think that's actually i I look forward to that kind of thing as as i get when i retire because i think it's going to be a lot of fun um in some respects because uh, you because you just you just look at how much time do higher achievers have to do that while they are working it's zero or very little very little we all we try to try to do it but you can't do it nearly at the level you want to. But mm-hmm. if, if uh, you know, I've, I've had the fortune, fortunate experience of knowing people that have been able to retire and honestly, philanthropy is their full-time job after they retire. How freaking cool would that be? I think it's awesome. <laughs> I'm just like, I would just be doing backflips. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I serve on, on two boards right now while while running my business and uh the board work is you know just as rewarding as the business and you know that also prepares me too it has me thinking like oh i i really could do this stuff full time yeah Um, yeah but it's it's, important to figure that out before you're in the position oh yeah yeah because you know you've seen them and i've seen them before too it's like they're they're going 150 miles an hour and then it comes to a screeching halt and that screeching halt on the other side of that screeching halt is usually an accident and and you know we Mm -hmm. it it doesn't have to be that way Yeah. yeah yeah well the the cool part is now we're talking about thriving while making a challenging career transition mm-hmm. so when you see people doing the right work when they're making these role changes what are some of the real positive stuff that you see as they come out of it even if it's a just say something that takes them two years but they're working with you on this what are the positive things you see out of the, something like that yeah yeah it's amazing. They will tell me all the time that they are just a completely different person. Yep. That they have gotten in touch with different sides of themselves that they didn't even know were there, that their relationships are better. You know, I, I had a client who was so um, burnt out in a new role because of that imposter syndrome and because of always trying to prove himself all the time and his anxiety over mistakes and working together. Um, you know, he'll say, you're the only reason I'm married. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Right. And so it's so much more. Yes. They get the career success and yes, they get settled and happy in that, you know, through that transition, but they experience, and I know it's cliche, but they experience work-life balance in a real and meaningful way. 
They learn how to set boundaries around their work time and their family time. They learn again what they love to do outside of work. You know, some yeah. some people, and this is, you know, they they don't even know what they like anymore outside of work. So they get to discover those parts of themselves. Um, mm-hmm. One executive told me that I brought out the softer side of him and it actually helped him tremendously in his interviewing process. You know, one of, one of the things that you had said before about the uncertainty and sending out your resume, something that I tell my clients all the time is that at your level, you're all qualified. <laughs> you didn't become an executive without being qualified. And so mm-hmm. your resume gets you in the door, but who you are and your personality and how they connect with you and feel you is what lands you the job. And mm-hmm. so as a psychologist, I help them really identify what makes them uniquely them. And I help them bring that forward in the interviews so that they do land the role. Yeah. yeah. I have to teach them that, you know, especially my salespeople, I say, you're selling yourself now, okay? It's harder than selling a product because we yeah. don't see ourselves in the same way, but you're selling yourself. So what's your unique selling proposition? What makes you unique? And, and we work through that, but that's, Another takeaway that people have, they they learn their their specialness, their uniqueness, and they understand that it's so much more than what they've achieved. Mm-hmm. So that we, we start separating that identity and self-esteem from the achievement, because when you do retire and you don't have that, then you're or you're in between positions, your, your self-esteem drops. So we start mm-hmm. identifying those those strengths and uniquenesses that yes, show up at work, but show up in their relationships and show up in the other areas of their life so that that part of them is always there, no matter what's going on externally to them. Yeah. 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 That's, that's really cool. That's really cool because it is, it is, it is that transition time is a time when you do just need to take a breath and, and, and do something else once in a while and, okay. and really figure out different things. And, and, uh, yeah. and I imagine that's a lot of the retirement too. It's just a little different spin on, you don't have the, the second piece of that is trying to find the new role. You, you, you know what your new role is. You just have to figure out how that looks. Right. Right. So like with the ones that are looking for jobs first, we still have to build structure into the day. That's the state yeah. of retirement. So we we build a structure that the job is looking for a new job, mm-hmm. but we also set the boundaries around that because you can't do that 24-7. Yeah. And how are you going to enjoy your life in the other hours, right? Mm-hmm. So the retirement, some piece of that is, is looking for new opportunities to fill your time, but hopefully you've set some of them that up right before you actually yes. retire you're you're looking for those board positions you're identifying organizations that you want to volunteer at or you know what you want your philanthropy to look like yeah yeah, yeah. that's cool that's cool so what what advice parting advice because we're we're getting near the end of our time today so what parting advice would you have for people that are are, are in this challenging transition of a, a job role transition, 
and and then we can we can talk about retirement separately real quick. Sure. I think one thing is to not be afraid to ask for help. Uh, high achievers historically, you know, we're used to being successful. So we often will say, I can handle this on my own. I can handle this on my own. Yeah. Uh, so asking for help. And then I've seen people, you know, we use the term soft skills, right? And that our people skills, our emotional intelligence. Well, I'm sorry, but business is all about relationships, whether you're in an interview, whether you're trying to sell something, you know, whether you're trying to manage people, it's all about relationships. So don't underestimate the power of the investment in those soft skills, because you can have someone read you your resume and your LinkedIn page. And I do some of that with you because I'm bringing your personality into it. But you can do all these strategic things. And if you're not feeling confident, if you don't know how you're coming off to other people, if you can't make a real connection in that interview, you're toast. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's great. That's great advice. And you're right. The, the, it is that that USP for you. It's a unique, 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 your unique selling proposition. And it's got to get get through in that interview. Yep. Yeah. So people in retirement, what's what's your big piece of advice for that? For plan early, you know, yeah. have have a three to five year exit plan and talk to all the people in your life that that retirement is going to impact because they should be a part of your your planning process and then get really curious get really curious about who you are, what you like, uh, what life would look like without that job or that role. But curiosity is such a gift to us. And um, you see kids, right? They're curious. They'll ask yeah. a million questions. They'll stick their hands in things and all this kind of exploration we have to embody that again. And that curiosity and exploration is going to open up really a whole new world for you that you get to step into in that retirement. That's awesome. I just thought, <laughs> I thought about it. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> Cause it is, it is that whole new world. And it's just, it's back to what we we're talking about thriving while making a challenging career transition. Both those pieces of advice, I think are very good. Uh, just, just sage advice for people to be able to, to help to achieve uh, that, that transition and come out of it much better. So yeah. Donna, it's such a pleasure to talk with you today. And I'm so thankful that you're able to stop by today. If people want to reach out to you is what's the best way to do it? Is it contact you on LinkedIn or website or what's, what's the best uh, way to do that? All of the above, you know, okay. LinkedIn is uh, Dr. Donna Marino, DR yep. doctor. And uh, you can even email me Donna at drdonnamarino.com. All uh, right. Website is the same, Dr. Donna Marino. So if you type that in, you're going to find me. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, and we'll have that in the links and stuff as well with the with the yeah. blog post and the YouTube stuff. So, um, Donna, thanks so much for today for being with us. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And you will be able to see this 
on this post again. If you didn't catch it all, you can come back to the post and do it. And if you look next week, you'll be able to see it on YouTube and, and on our website, the Exit Your Way website under our blog post for the Faces of Business. So we will be back again next Tuesday. And uh, we will be talking with more interesting people about life and business. So thanks, everyone. See ya.